pick it. She lays it off to Teresa Polaris. It's an absolute peach. Is driving. What a hit from Melina Rez. Wow. And Sam Kerr has a hat trick. Meet him up. One Top of the table race is back on here on Radio Dub. We are very excited that this weekend has proved the competitiveness of this league. And it's Melbourne City who've done it. Josh Parrish here with Bakua Frimpong. Bakua, how was that game on the weekend? That game was great to be at. I, like, I was a little bit surprised because, you know, you know, I've been speaking. I've been, like, I've been talking a lot about Sydney FC being my favourites, but I've loved watching City. And when City came out there, they came out defiant in the first half and just held on and played some great football on uh, Sunday. Well, we're delighted Saturday. to have... I'm getting the days confused. Saturday. Uh, who can even keep track of the fixtures? No, it was Sunday. It was, I was right the first time. <laughs> so many days. But uh, it was certainly a highlight of the season, uh, that match, and we're delighted to have a member of the City team here with us to go through it. We certainly are, Josh. We've got Letitia McKenna on Zoom. Letitia, good to have you on. We are a little bit delayed. We run a little bit behind on Radio Dub, but... How are you feeling after the game on the weekend? Oh, extremely thrilled with the win. Um, we've been working hard all season and we really wanted to, um, I guess, definitely win after the lot, the first time we versed Sydney and that was a massive um, momentum shift for us going forward. For, for you yourself, you had a great game on Sunday as well and that front three without Hannah Wilkinson, a lot of people were a little bit nervous and thinking that, you know, maybe Sydney would be go out comfortable winners. But how did you guys manage without Hannah being there and as well Stoddy not being in that game? Um, we definitely do miss them, their presence is, um, at training and on the games. But um, we have a lot of confidence in our um, our team and the depth we have. So um, and Rado also um, gave us a lot of confidence going into it. And myself, Holly and Minnie um, in that attacking three, we work a lot at training together and we just, thought let's just have some fun with it, do what we've been doing in training and everything will work out. Speaking of Rado, are we going to embarrass her? Should we do it no, now? No, we will. We will. Rado's got praise for her. Let's hear, let's her hear the praise. Josh, it's okay. I, I actually think this is Pico's fault, to be honest. No, it probably is. Phone recording. Well, we'll see if we can get up that audio in a second. Um, tell us a little bit about the group this season and the structure that you're playing. It seems like everyone really understands their roles. Yeah, this, this season for me has been um, a different formation um, and coming into it, we had a few meetings with Rado, so we kind of got the grasp of it and understood a lot coming in um, and we worked so hard at training, nailing it um, and every session everyone is doing their own individual roles and at a certain level we've just all come together and able to really gel on and off the pitch, and I think it's really showing in our style of play this season um, and a lot of work's been going in at training. All right. Well, take two. Take let's, two. Let's We're hear back. what Rado had to say about your contribution. Oh, no, Josh, what's happened again? McKen- Letitia wants to hear the praise. Come on. I know. Nah, you know what, Letitia? Let, we'll let Josh fi- fix that. That's okay. <laughs> now, in terms of for you, you know, you're only 19, if I'm not mistaken, and you've yep. played for three A-League clubs. You've made a grand final. You've been to a semi-final. What's that like having that kind of, you know, that winning mentality just be a part of, you know, is that something that you've always been born with or is that you've had to get that along the way? 
Oh, definitely always wanting to win and succeed as a team. I think I've been very lucky um, in the teams I've been a part of at Glory and Brisbane and this year with City. Um, we're doing really well and looking to be in finals and um, push for the premiership. Um, so, yeah, definitely I've always wanted to be a part of a winning team and install a bit of a winning mentality um, on and off the field. And it helps when you've got a great bunch of girls around you to we've all got that same mindset. You've played with, you know, one of the best women's football in the world, women's footballers in the world in Sam Kerr. And she's, you know, playing, she's captaining the Matildas and doing a tremendous job. Do you have like aspirations for the Matildas as well? Oh, definitely. Um, as a young child, always wanting to aspire for that. Um, and it's always going to be a goal. And whether it happens in a year or two years, I'll definitely um, keep putting my best foot forward and trying to like better myself um, to reach that goal. You spoke a little bit just before about how you've, you know, it's been a little bit different formation for you this season and you've played in a different, you know, position at times. Do you think you have a best like position that you play at or are you just flexible to play in anywhere when the team needs? Uh, definitely um, that more of attacking midfielder in the 10 um, and really enjoying it this season with the style of play. Um, but I've always been sort of in the midfield and thrown around all places. But, yeah, definitely an attacking midfielder. They say third time's the charm. Okay. Shall we give it one final Let's try? Let's go. I've got fingers crossed and everything. Letitia, she's been just – she came injured. Then she had COVID. Then she got injured again. So, so really she was uh, – this is, the you know, the best that we have been able to see because of that, you know, and, and – if this is the best, when she is really unfit, no match fitness, you know, all, all these things that have been, uh, um, you know, stopping her from, from being, to play freely football, you can imagine how good she could be if uh, if she's fully fit and, and she can play four, five, six games and just get match fitness. Yeah, you ain't seen nothing yet. That's what Rado no. Vidisic reckons. What do, you, what do you make of that? Oh, he's just been the best. Um, I know he, I think he talked me up a bit there, but he definitely does install um, a lot of confidence in me and um, definitely does hold me hold me in quite a high regard. Um, and he, yeah, I, I can't thank him enough for this season. Um, and I feel like I've learned a lot, a lot from him so far and really looking forward to next year with him as well. See, there's a lot of, you know, cool coaches in the A-League and A-League women's, you know. They've got their suit and tie and these fancy shoes. But, you know, Rado just reminds me of, like, a classic old-school like old PE teacher who's just, like, good vibes. But will, like, you know, he'll say what he needs needs to be said. What type of coach is Rado? Oh, definitely what you just definitely what you just said. He's very old-school, but he know he loves a good laugh and he's quite a character at training and then knows exactly when to be serious and how to get the message through to us. Now, the game on the weekend did come with one small or rather large, to be honest, large, caveat, one downer, um, and it was really heartbreaking to see, of course, your teammate Holly McNamara go down with an ACL tear. Uh, has the playing group got around her and, and what kind of a loss will she be for the rest of the campaign? Oh, definitely. She has everyone's support um, from the team and myself and a few other girls, we all live with her um, and it's been quite hard for us all and definitely her to go through this. Um, she's a massive character in the team, a massive part of it, a massive player. 
Um, and this season she's absolutely shined um, and she deserved everything she's done so far. So it'll be a massive loss to not have her on the field for the rest of the season, but she's got all our support and she'll be back better than ever, I no doubt. Well, she's wowed us all this season with her rise to start and really she a has. meteoric rise Josh, to the Matildas. And a rise that we on Radio Dub here try to get Holly and we are still, we are going to get Holly, you know, once this one, inju- day. one day, once this injury is done, because every, yeah. you know, we keep getting some hurdles, but it's okay. We've got Letitia here. Now, Letitia, you said you live with some of your teammates. Now, what's the vibe like trying to live with, you know, a bunch of professional footballers who are, you know, always trying to get at their best? Are we like, is meal prep, like, is the fridge just stocked with different meals? Like, what's the vibe? We all have our own little mini fridges um, in one big communal area and, we're all quite good with sharing food if we need to and everyone does their own thing. So it's pretty easy and everyone gets along really well. So it's it's literally the easiest thing living with everyone. Now I've heard there are you guys play a lot of games in this house. Now we've had different people tell us they're really good at it. We had Chelsea Blissett tell us that she was quite, you know, a star at this game and Brianna Paulsena said she was quite a son. Now, Letitia, I want an honest answer. You seem like an honest person. Are you the champion or are they telling the truth? I think at a few games I'm ranked number one. Okay. And then I will admit I'm definitely at the bottom scale for the rest of them. But I have to give credit to Darcy Malone. Okay. Because she does pull through on 90% of them, but I do beat her in a few. Well, what's your uh, what's your game of choice? What, what do you have them covered? Um, we've got this new game sequence. Okay. Um, board game. Definitely got Darcy every round. Um. And 21, get her on that one too. Maybe maybe Melbourne City need to get a sequence sponsorship and get the girls involved <laughs> in just like an ad. Just, we, I don't know how the game works. I've never heard of the game, but I'm sure it's quite a, it gets quite intense with a bunch of professional footballers. It, it does. I think that was probably the point where everyone's blood was boiling <laughs> and it didn't end well, but then everyone made up straight after. So who's on the training pitch at, at Melbourne City is the uh, the biggest S-talker, we'll say, the biggest, uh, I guess, banter merchant in the squad? Good, good, you know, yeah. word coverage there, Josh. I like it. Yeah, I'm censoring yeah. myself here. We don't we don't have a live delay, so. <laughs> it's definitely um, Minnie and Holly, them two love a bit of banter between each other and we all get amongst it. Minnie being Rihanna Polizzina? Yeah, yeah. Yep. See, not surprised by that at all. The way we've seen mm. them play. They're just running, running, running. The other players must be like, guys, okay, we get it. You're better than us. Let us have some peace, please. You know? That's all they want. Well, the opposition players. Of course, they? of course. They've the wreaked havoc this season. Let's go back to the game. Sydney FC, uh, intimidating opposition, of course, with the talent that they have on the park. But they didn't have to leave New South Wales all season. Was the confidence high in the group going into this game that you could beat them on your own patch and they'd find it tougher down here? Oh, definitely. We we didn't think too much about them or worry too much about them. It was for us just another game. We knew it had a lot riding on it um, and it was a big game in the season, top of the table. So um, we stuck to our guns and had a good week at training and just come out firing. And in the second half, you were more on the back foot, of blitzed them in the first, but uh, is that a significant win for the team, knowing that you know when you're down uh, in terms of the, the balance of play, you can hold on and, and can gut out those those tough wins under pressure? Oh, yeah, for sure. We knew that first 45 was probably um, up there in our best performances and we knew the second half we, we weren't as dominant um, and they did come forward, but we still held on. We still 
um, the defence were amazing and still held them out and got the win, so we can't complain. Righto spoke in the post-match press conference about the effort being the one, the thing that you guys have to rely on, you know, when you play games of football because sometimes it's not going to come easy. Is that something that, you know, has grown, like in terms of like the effort and like, Obviously, you guys work hard in every single game, but have you because you've got better as the season has gone on? Do you like are more confident in the way you play now? Oh, for sure, we are like definitely more confident in our playing style. Um, everyone's really nailed it um, going forward, um, and effort's been a real focus for us. If we all put in the effort and do those extra one percenters on the field, um, we know that we can beat anyone. Um, and all, all together, we're very united. So it's been showing. As we heard Rado say in that clip we played before, you know, you've had a bit of an interrupted campaign to an extent. Uh, how are you feeling now and how far do you think you are off off your peak in terms of match fitness? Oh, yeah, it definitely was um, very frustrating and annoying coming into the season injured, but the body now is starting to get back on the mend. It would be nice to get a few more um, match minutes to get that match fitness back up, but not far from um, being back at my full capacity, I guess. So missing a couple of uh, squad members from to the New Zealand international team is, is a tough barrier to overcome. But were you impressed with some of the players, including yourself, I suppose, who uh, who came in to, to fill that void? You've got some depth in this team. Oh, yeah. I think we're very fortunate with the players we, we are able to bring on. Um, Misha Westland also made her starting debut and she's been solid all season when she's come off the bench. Um, and we've also still got more youngsters um, training well. So we're in a really good place, I think, with squad depth, um, even missing two of our best players. You guys, a lot of, you know, a lot of praise has been put onto the attacking side of your team because you guys go well. You attack as a unit, but your front three have scored a lot of goals and have been really, you know, prolific. But in your defence, you've got the likes of Anona Heatley, Emma Checker and Tori Timoth there who've, and Bubs in the, in the back. You know, how has that made, like, how has that helped the team, you know, in terms of going forward, knowing that you've got such a solid um, back line there? Oh, it's massive. Them them four at the back, um, I just have so much faith in them with Bubs yelling at us 24-7. Um, Winnie, Checker and Tori are also solid. Um, like, and our wing backs as well, TJ, Torpy, Chelsea, uh, they're always bombing forward and it gives us three at the front a bit more freedom um, to kind of create what we can um, and knowing that they've got our back and the midfielder behind us as well. So it's just a lot of trust and security back there. I mean, I would be tempted to say Bubs was rolling back the years with some of the saves that she made on the weekend, but it's not true because she's been this good all season. It's amazing. She's up there with yeah. the best goalkeepers in the competition um, and putting us all to shame in terms of, uh, you know, our athletic yeah, achievements. Yeah, well, personally for me, I... I feel a sense of, you know, pride as a five foot two individual and I see Bubs out there, I go, you know what? I don't know why I gave up. If Bubs is out here, she's giving faith to us short people in the world. I, I'm quite proud. And, and for the old fogies amongst yes, us as well. Exactly. It's an inspiration yeah. for Radio me Dub personally. here, we're fans of Bubs. That's what we're saying. <laughs> yes. It, uh, what is she like around the, the training paddock and as a personality off the pitch? Because having met her once or twice, uh, she's a pretty straight shooter. Yeah, she's amazing to have. I think we're all very lucky to um, have Bubs this year and hopefully she continues to kick on with her form at the moment. Um, she's such an amazing leader. She takes us all under her wing. Um, I Yeah, I just, 
I feel very lucky to be able to play with her and have her as a role model um, for us this season. Well, just you know, sorry, I, I think I no, cut you off, Josh, no, no. but um, you've got this two-year contract with Melbourne City, and you know, obviously, you're playing some great football. You're getting back into you know some rhythm now. That you're you know after all the stuff from the start of the season. Is there like hopes for you and aspirations to play overseas and play with in Europe? Uh, you know, seeing fellow Matildas and stuff like that playing overseas as well. Yeah, it's definitely a goal of mine. Um, I told myself I'd have to get my body right um, and stop all these niggles and little things carrying over before I um, make the move. Um, but definitely, yeah, I want to get my body right before heading over overseas. Now, if I am correct here, you're from Western Australia, is that right? Yeah. How has it been recently without being able to get back home? Uh, that must be an issue. Like, How long has it been since you've, you've seen your family back in WA? I have been lucky. I saw them, I think, five months ago, four months ago. Um, I stayed there for about two weeks after being in Sydney for a while. Um, it's been a bit tough not seeing them, but it's also really great to see all the other girls with their families. Um, and that I think that's more special for me to be able to see them happy. Um, and the borders are opening really soon, so hopefully my parents will be able to get across for the finals. Uh, we've got our fingers crossed See, for you. What's the you. when you get to go back to Perth? What's the first thing you know you do in Perth? Because I don't really know much about Perth. Like I did a layover on my way to Australia when I first came to this country. Haven't been back there since. What's what's for anybody who doesn't know about Perth? What are you supposed to do when you go down there? The beach. Okay. You live at the beach in Perth. See, I can't. I, I get that everybody loves the beach in this country, but I can't swim, so the beach is not a concept <laughs> for me. So I'm just like, you know, I get it. But surely there's – what's on land? What on land can we be doing in Perth? That's the first time this detail's come out, by I the way. I can't swim. I used to, but it just it, – it left me. The skill left me. Well, how, how do Melbourne beaches rate in comparison? Be honest. Oh, not that good. I think <laughs> Perth are definitely up there. Sorry, Melbourne. <laughs> See, I, could, I, can't, I can't even disagree because I don't even know what these beaches look like in Melbourne or anywhere else. Yeah, you're strictly <laughs> landlocked. Strand, strictly landlocked. If the, if the water starts rising, don't look for me for help. I'm, I'm no help to anybody. Well, you're coming up against uh, another of your former clubs, Brisbane Raw, this Thursday. Uh, what's that like playing against your old team? It definitely has... Um, Another feel to the game, I guess it's your old club, so you definitely want to beat them. Um, and knowing a few girls as well, it's always nice to see them. But, yeah, it definitely holds a bit more personally against them. Now, Letitia, if you score on the weekend, now I'm, I'm hoping you score, what's your go-to celebration? Because, you know, I've seen... Or is it the respectful non-celebration? Is it the respe- non-celebration? Are we... I find that a little bit performative, yeah, to be honest. Getting, I find that a bit much. Maybe. Are we getting a Sam Kerr flip to be like, you know what, guys... I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing these things. Are we getting an Mbappe type? Well, former as teammate of Sam Kerr, exactly. We're getting an Mbappe style. Well, like, what's the, what's your go-to celebration? I haven't scored in a while, so trying to think of something. I think at the moment, I think I'd probably run to Holly and give her a big hug because mm. I would definitely give it to her. But yeah, I can't backflip. I'd love to be able to, but just don't have that in me. It's I'm, also very dangerous. Honestly, every time Sam mm. Kerr does it, I'm like holding my breath being like, please don't get injured right now. <laughs> I mean, you used to play with her. Uh, it, it must be amazing to see like her go to a new stratospheric level of fame here in Australia and, and playing overseas in the Champions League final. Like, it's bonkers. It's crazy, yeah. I just so, so happy for her. It's crazy to think that that one year when I was 16 playing with her, 
she'd pick me up from school and take me to training and the next year she's off at Chelsea and absolutely tearing it up. Now, what is the car ride with Sam Kerr like? What's the music that's getting played? We're stretching What's, the memory a little bit. Yeah, we're stretching the memory, yeah. but she's the teacher's quite young. It's only three years ago for that's her. That's true. Um, what's the, what are we like? Are we going like some rock? Are we going some rap? Are we going like some soulful, like Adele? Like what's the vibe? It was definitely quite hip hoppy, a bit of rap. That She's doesn't surprise me. Sam Kerr is too cool. Girl, too cool. So yeah. <laughs> what's, what's your uh, go-to pump up tune before a game? Definitely some hip hop rap, I guess. Who's your favorite rapper, Latisha? Now this is, I, I this is an important question for Pakua. I just, I just can't. If it's I got bad, no opinion. If it's but... a bad answer. It's uh, my fr- like my like. We're gonna have to cut my, the interview. My short. like from you goes like a ten to Who? It's a big call. It is. I don't know. Um, I put her, we put her on a spot. What's been on your Spotify recently? Or Apple Music? Recently, or whatever. George- Other streaming services are available. Not a sponsor. It's been Georgia Smith recently. Oh, done. Letitia, yeah. my favorite A League wins player. Done. <laughs> Finished. She's the greatest interview we've ever had on this show. Josh, right. I'm saying it right now. Let's finish on a high note then, shall finished. we, Pakua? Uh, you've got in Pakua's good books for your music taste. Uh, you've also yeah. got in uh, in ours for the way you've played, uh, especially coming back into the team recently. So best of luck against your former club this Thursday and for the final series. And I'm sure we'll talk to you again sometime down the track. Thank you very much for having me. See you, Letitia. We'll take Thank a break here on Radio Dub and come back with all of our wrap-up and analysis from the weekend's games. Pickett, she lays it off. Teresa Polaris! It's an absolute peach! Is driving! What a hit from Melina Rez! Wow! And Sam Kerr has a hat-trick. It's okay, Josh. We're back. We just spoke to Letitia McKenna. Fantastic interview. She said she likes Georgia Smith. That made my day because Georgia Smith is one of my favourite artists and her most recent album was fantastic and it was on loop for quite a few weeks. Um, but just, you know, on a sadder note, we did, unfortunately, over the weekend, we spoke to Letitia a little bit about it. Holly McNamara, Melbourne City, confirmed today that she did tear her ACL in her left knee. It's quite upsetting for the league and for Holly especially mm. that we won't get to see her for quite a while. Yeah, really upsetting, especially since she's already had a knee injury. I don't know if it's the same knee. Yeah, I couldn't figure that out. Uh, we, we tried tried to do some Googling, but uh, it came up short on that front. doesn't really matter. It's still horrendous. Um, that's essentially, and it's strange to say this because she's so young, but players tend to break into the dub very, very young. Yeah. So... It's actually what has stymied her progression up until this point. Yeah. You know, we've been stunned by how quickly she's she's made it, so to speak. She's got into the Matilda. She's played a Nation Cup. But this is actually just a delayed version of what we probably would have got anyway. Yeah, exactly. Um, and now it's been set back again, which is just heartbreaking. When you've got a serious knee injury and then, you know, it's uh, second time in your young career, it's, it's just it's – just, this sucks, you know. I think the only like real sense of you know positivity we can maybe take out of it is you know fans of Holly McNamara and just fans of the dub, anyways. That she has come back from this injury and she's had this incredible season. So I have no doubt that she will, you know, when she does play again, she'll be able able to recapture that sort of form because she has you know been 
she's done it before. Yeah, that's it. And, you know, she's got, I guess, runs under the belt, so to speak. She's got runs on the board, I should say, yeah. not to mix my metaphors. <laughs> um, now it, it will mean that she's already a known quantity to A-League women's coaches and Melbourne City obviously still rate her extremely highly. So I don't think she'll have any trouble breaking back in, assuming, assuming she does all her rehab and they've, they're the club with the most resources for that kind of thing. Uh, so you have to imagine they'll they'll give her everything you know that she needs to to come back. But it just sucks when you've got a home World Cup coming up, and you know you, you it's usually a twelve month injury. It, it can be nine months yeah. as short as as nine months, depending on the severity of the tear, depending on how the surgery goes and and your and your rehab. But that will put her on the back foot when it comes to actually making that that World Cup squad. And for me, that's the worst part yeah. about it. I think, though, for me, unfortunately, like for the first question I thought of after, you know, the initial shock of seeing it, you know, at the game and thought about it for the few last few days is that I think it, well, like this injury, like these kinds of injuries, like Kayla Morrison, you know, just mm. got her injury at the start of the season as well. I think the irregularity, ir, ooh, words, irregularity. Irregularity, irregularity or regularity? You know, irregular. Ooh, I, wow, that's a really yeah. tricky word for me, actually. I don't know. I'm not going to stay away from that word for next time. <laughs> um, but the the way in which the dub is has this gigantic break and then, you know, you've got to come back and play if football such a high intensity. Um, and then also how many games we play in the dub in such a short period of time. Especially this especially season. Especially this season. Rado spoke about it post-match and said that, you know, we need the league needs to have you know maybe an extra week or the season needs to be extended. I believe was the exact exact quote. The season needs to be extended, and I I, I find it hard to think that maybe this injury could have been prevented if the if the season was a little bit longer and you know there wasn't so much stress on her body because she has played mm. with the Matildas as well. She has been playing a lot of football on a regular basis, playing like full ninety minutes as well. Yeah, I think it's tough to assign specific blame to any one injury. Like yeah. you look at how she did it and her knee kind of buckled. She just it was just like a fluke action. Yeah. Obviously, those kind of things do happen more often when you're fatigued, but it's hard to doctors. draw that causal link, yeah. even if we were. Um, but in terms of the general well-being of A-League women's players, um, some of them have to work outside yeah. of football, which we've talked about last week. And that puts a lot of stress not just on – you know, your career, but on your body as well. Yeah. Uh, some of the players with the games in such a short space of time, I think Victory played three games in, what, six or seven days? Yeah, and short. they end up losing in a shock result to Perth Glory. And I don't think there is any coincidence about that yeah. fact, that they lost that game after the run of fixtures that they'd had because they played superbly to come back from a couple goals down and draw with Sydney FC. Then they face a much less fancy side. And yes, Perth are very well coached and they've got some good young talent. But Victory should never have lost that yeah. game at home and they wouldn't have if they would have exactly. been given the recovery time. And I think if, if, if people did watch the game, you saw in the first half, you know, Victory were more present and, they, and Chidiak was getting on the ball a lot more and they were forcing the play. But I think in, as the second half went on, Perth just got more comfortable because Perth have had, you know, a little bit... They've, they haven't had to play as many frequent games as Melbourne Victory in the last few days... So it was just a lot, you know, easier. But I'm not taking anything away from Perth. I think Perth, Alex Parkes has been, I th- comfortably for me, been the coach of the season. Um, I think he's done a tremendous job to get 
Perth to this point and be right on the cusp of making finals, like it's really they have to rely on some other results from some of these other teams, but they most certainly can make it into that final four. Well, just looking at victory, you know, they played on the 12th. They beat Western Sydney 5-0. Yep. Terrible Western Sydney side, to yep. be fair. Uh, Vic, uh, against Sydney, against the league leaders, came back to draw. Now, against Perth, they've lost. And tonight, um, you know, we haven't had a chance to see this game because yep. we've been preparing for this show, of course, and had the show before as well. But they've just drawn two all with Canberra. With another team who's having a horrendous season. So I, I think you can only point to to fatigue and this ridiculous run that they've had. A game on the 12th, 16th, 19th and 22nd. When's the That's next game? four games in 10 days. It's, it's, it's insane. insane. When's the next they, game? They've got a bit of a break. Well, no, they don't. Sorry. I've <laughs> just seen it. They're playing again in another four days' time. Yeah, that's so that's going to be five in 14 days, which is like... You know, <laughs> like I know that COVID's, you know, pushed a few of the games around and all, but I still think there would have been this rapid pace of games uh, anyway because of the, how short the dub season is naturally. But that's like Melbourne Victory. If Melbourne Victory managed to not make finals, they're all they're on currently on twenty three points with, uh, well twenty three points, and they're on the level games with Perth, who are two points behind them and. Victory only a point behind Adelaide with the same amount of games. It's going to be very tight in the final few weeks. I think they've got Canberra again on the final match day. Yes, I but they they have victory. Uh, sorry, victory play. Uh, they have Adelaide. Yeah. So, um, which I think between, is Perth will be watching that. That's with a, a banana skin. Yeah. You know, that, that's a banana skin for them. Uh, and Adelaide United need to win that game as well because they're not that far ahead either. They don't have no. uh, a place in the finals guaranteed. So we've got a genuine finals race on this season, which is good for the competition. Yeah. Uh, but I wonder where it's come from. And that's I can only point to the fixture pileup as, as the obvious reason why. I think that uh, it's, going, it's, it's very good. For, it's great for the league. It's great for the league to have... It be you know right up mm. until the final you know. But final, at what cost yeah, to exactly. the well being of the players? Yeah, of course, exactly. It you know great for the final round to be all like all or nothing, and you know hopefully Adelaide don't get cursed again, and you know <laughs> they actually make the finals this oh, time. Oh, it's pretty tight. It's very very tight, and it's for Adelaide at least. It's all in their hands. They don't have to rely as much on other people's result because they are currently sitting third with the same amount of games. But another more, like, if you look a little bit further up the table, with Melbourne City's win over Sydney FC on the weekend, they've got a game in hand and they're only two points behind Sydney. So we had Mackenzie Hawksby at the start of the Mm -hmm. um, year and she spoke about how Sydney FC's real ambition was to be premiers and to, you know, win the league. They could potentially not be premiers if Melbourne City win their game in hand and, you know, hold out, hold on for the rest of the season. I mean, well, Sydney had barely conceded a goal all season yeah. before they played victory. Um, certainly hadn't dropped any points. So um, uh, apart from the draw with the Wanderers that they had, yeah. it was the, the nil all. And then was the, the only draw team. with victory just the other day as well. And they, they hadn't gone – I don't think they'd gone behind in a match no, no before no. the game on the weekend against City. I don't think they'd, they trailed at all. Yeah, I think you might be right. I, so, I'm, you know, we need – Someone here who knows their stats a little better yeah, than I, I do. S- so apologies if I've got that one wrong. No, but no. I'm, I'm, I'm f- fairly certain no, I, I heard that you, they hadn't trailed in the match. Right. So, you know, they, they've 
come back to reality with a bit of a rude shock, uh, given that they had this this soft run of all these home games, uh, and now it's it's on again. It's competitive again. I will say that I've been like a real strong believer in Sydney FC throughout the whole season. I thought they've been the best team. They have the best players and are most more consistent. But watching them against City on the weekend, I'll be honest, I was a little bit shocked at the performance they brought out. Now, Ante um, did say post-match that he thought they played better football in the second half, so he's not overly concerned. But I will say that for the likes of Courtney Vine and stuff like that and Charlie Rule, on that right-hand side, they really struggled at times, you know, going forward. And Charlie, she sometimes was didn't look all too comfortable mm. on the ball when it was coming out of her mid-air. So obviously Courtney Vine's a tremendous player, but... It was a little bit shocking to see those players of such high caliber not be as dominant and the front three didn't really connect. I think it had a lot to do with them shutting Hawksby out and with Hawksby getting shut out, the front three, there was a little bit of disconnect. They weren't as connected to the midfield as they typically are and, you know, going forward. I think this one is down to the defence and bubs, though. I mean, 17 yeah. shots for Sydney FC. They piled on the pressure in that, that second, second half. That second half was very dominant from Sydney FC. And the city really faded away. And, you know, that, to credit to them, they held on. It was pretty resilient stuff on the edge of their own box a lot of the time. But they, you know, they forced Sydney to take efforts from outside the area. Uh, bubs made one particular fantastic save. Is that one which was like her right or something? Yeah, her, I think it was right hand yeah. to the top corner to tip it over the crossbar. It's not the first time she's saved them points this season. I mean, I remember the Brisbane away game yeah. where she, at, right at the end of the match, there was that long-range effort from, uh, was it Gorey? Um, anyway, it was certainly a, a good crack and, you know, she just got fingertips on, it, on the crossbar. She's actually been tremendous this season. Um, and I know that, that we, like we spoke with Tisha about having, you know, having Tori Tumuth and Emma Checker and Ronan Heatley in that back three who've been incredible and they've been so solid and they hold a great line and they really press, you know, and keep everything in front of them, not, you know, and don't have to be on the back foot. Bub's there. You must, they must instill so much confidence knowing that she's back there and she's not going to make simple errors. Like sometimes Mm. she might just get simply beat, but she will be, do her job and do the basics correctly every time. There's an interesting subplot going on with Melissa Barbieri. Yeah. And that's where she might end up in the MPL. Ooh. Is she going back to South Melbourne? Signs point to maybe. See, Josh. <laughs> the, you... the eight ball is, I mean, I, I thought it was interesting that she tweeted on the weekend that she was looking at the Football Victoria registration rules. Apparently you can only have what, four A-League women's players in a squad, wow. which is a, a rule I was not aware yeah, of I whatsoever. Uh, and there's an exception for like loyalty players who've played for the club for a long period of time. But if she's out there googling that, I don't know what that says. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't know but because she would be. A, you know, yeah, but maybe she's trying to recruit some other A League women's it's players. That, that you know, she's trying to figure out you know how she can build the Avengers of you know MPL women's this season. Well, they wouldn't be the Avengers. That's that's Oh know. yes, I forget. I forget. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> More of a figure of speech. Maybe they're the Justice League because I think they're cooler anyway. <laughs> Avengers haven't uh, haven't quite climbed from the no. bottom of the pyramid to the top just yet, but they're, no. they're giving it a good crack. Yeah, Successive they are. promotions, um, uh, but yes, yeah, she's been with uh, yeah South Melbourne for a little while now, so it would be a. 
big loss if she decided not to go back there and it would shake up the competition in Victoria. But this is, you know, yeah. my parochial lens viewing the When does the that local, season start again, Josh? That one kicks off in March. We just had the men's MPL here in Victoria kick off and then MPL 2, MPL 3 and the women's competition kicks off uh, next month. So obviously they don't get all of those A-League women's players back until the season finishes. So that will uh, be a big influx of talent into the league um, and affects, uh, you know, where the title is going to it's, end up. It's usually those star players that just, that decide the title here in Victoria. I think it's going to be a great season. We've got a lot of really great players who've come to Victoria this year, so they may stay in Victoria. Maybe some may go back, you know, home for the mm. longest off-season in the entire world. It literally is Game of Thrones, you know, when we wait for football to start again in this country. Uh, but it's going to be good because I think, the MPL like women's is rising. The standard is rising. We're getting better players, and mm. hopefully, in the future, we are going to have the best you know competition in the country. Well, the subplot is, of course, everyone will be keeping an eye on Calder, and the reason that they would be doing that is that squad is likely going to make up the basis for Western United's inaugural A League yes. women's squad next season. So, some of those players already have A League women's deals. Will they move clubs? Will they? stay at Calder in the off-season and then there's like an affiliate that they're that actually is, that rivals. That's really interesting to think about. That, you know, maybe they play for Melbourne City and then they're playing for Calder, you know. It's it, strange. It's very strange because you, it's the first time it's mm. happened. So ultimately they're going to have to create some rules around that and I'm, so, I'm excited to see what Football Victoria will do to, you know, make sure that it's okay in their fame. But also all of those players will not only be playing for a chance at Silverware, which they'll be... Uh, one of the favourites for, they'll also be playing for selection. Yes. Because you imagine they'll add a few staff players on top of what they've got already at Calder. You know, it'd be tough going to just implant an entire MPL women's squad straight into the top division. So all those players will be playing for their place in the next season. And that obviously this entry hasn't been finalised yet, um, but all signs point to the fact that they're they're going to do it. We're going to have an expanded competition next season. Is that good for the league? To have the expansion? Yeah. To have Calder, to have Western, Western United? United. They will become Western yeah. United in the competition for next great. season. And there's other clubs with uh, uh, talking about introducing a women's team that don't have them so far, like MacArthur and Central Coast. I think Western, you'd like getting Western United in there would be great, you know, you know what they've been in the league they've been in the men's league for what three seasons this is their third, this is their third yeah. season uh, yes, yes third, season. third season and for them to already you know making efforts to get a women's team in there and have it from an established thing and not having to pull it out of thin air i think it's a great thing and i think when they do eventually move into the a-league women's their team is going to have been together for a while so they could they will have an identity of sorts and they'll have something to build off whereas opposed to like you know, Wellington, you know, this year they, it's a lot of just players from New Zealand and, you know, it's a lot younger. So they've had to build, a, you know, mm. a so, sort of like camaraderie and stuff like that. I think it's great for the league to be expand. Yeah, and also Calder has a more experienced uh, player base yeah. than this Wellington team coming in. Obviously, most of those players would already know each other from either playing with or against in, in New Zealand. Um, but let's go back to the, the A-League women's uh, competition Coming into finals, uh, we've got some big fixtures coming up. Uh, mentioned Adelaide United taking on Melbourne Victory on Saturday. I think that's probably the game of the season for me. I've got popcorn ready and I'm excited about it because I think 
they've everything they, on the yeah, line. Yeah, Melbourne Victory played Adelaide at the start of the season and they beat them comfortably, I believe. Yes, uh, mistaken, game one, yeah, but game that one. was well, the asterisk of having Kayla Morrison. Yeah, well, in she the team. didn't. She was. She wasn't when, out there for that long. Oh, she, that's true. Actually, she got injured right. quite early on in the but game. You, you came back with a reflection on that game that you didn't think Victory had actually played that well. No, I didn't. They didn't deserve to win by that much, and I think you've been proven right over the course of the season. I think that Victory were lucky because Adelaide was still gelling, and they have you know ultimately in a game of ninety minutes, if you have more talent and you're not playing like terribly altered most likely the results will go your way but I think at times this year with victory they haven't played great football and they haven't looked stable they've just looked like they have been played better for more of the 90 minutes if even if it's not like all like um, the majority of the they've had a lot of moments of yeah. quality from their stars. They, rem- they give me a lot of uh Melbourne City the men's team from last year where sometimes they don't play a great 90 minutes but they have these short bursts of real quick succession of goals and they, if you just looked at the scorecard, you'd be like, oh, they, they played tre- tremendous. They scored five. They scored four goals. They did this. Like, they barely had any shots from the other team. But if you, like, really watch the game, mm. sometimes they get caught out and some of their decision-making hasn't been great. I think they're still a great side, but they don't instill the same amount of confidence as I did I had with them last year. What do you make of Brooke Hendricks, the new player who's come in at centre-half? Somebody asked me this on the weekend. And... um. Another American? Another American. I think she feels the job and she's stability. I don't think – like, she's 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 a good player. She's not, like, trim, like great. I in, mean, Kayla Morrison's don't yeah, go on trees. Yeah, exactly. And Kayla Morrison is a, is a really hard player to replace. And I Also due to just leadership capacity yeah. and being that, and uh, she's, I guess, she's always barometer for the, the rest of the team to, to lift them yeah. when things are going I think she's wrong. a good player and I, I think her decision-making is – was is decent, but I haven't been sitting there going, oh, when's Brooke, like Brooke Hendricks is like the next so and so. Like mm. she's good. An and improvement she, yeah, on what they had. She's in an improvement on what out. they had. And, yeah. and maybe I'm being a little bit overly critical because uh, Claudia Bunch wasn't in mm-hmm. the team on the weekend and she was away on international duties. And she does look more comfortable when Bunch is playing in the team. But when I saw her by herself, she, she, was, she was okay and. I, yeah, uh, I, I don't have any, like, I don't go either way on Brooke Hendricks. Is it enough is the question, I suppose. Is it enough for them to come into these two crunch games to make finals, to secure their place? I mean, they're not favourites for the title this season. You know, yeah. their season has been inconsistent. But in pre-season, I remember us saying, oh, victory, they're going to walk away with the competition. Yeah. That was pre, pre-Kayla pre Morrison injury. And it's changed a, a lot, that injury. Uh, I, I'm... I'm nervous for them because they've had so many games so quickly. They're going to need to really like mm. put all their might into these next what two games? I believe they have left. Yes, yeah, these next two games, and they're going to have that Canberra game at the end of the season. I think it might even come down to goal difference. Like like these, the points are so close. They're just going to need to really hold on, and I and then ho- get that break just a little bit of a breather before the final start. Well, Adelaide United is the team I'm most excited to see. They've got two crunch games to finish, try and make finals after missing out in a heartbreaking fashion last time around on goal. Was it goals difference or goals scored? It was so, some, it was ridiculously real, tight. You know. and they, they, they felt aggrieved and unlucky and, you know, you must look back at all the missed chances over the season and thought if that one had gone in, if that one had gone in, we'd be in the finals. 
now they've got the season to finish it off and to secure their place, victory and then Sydney. It's a murderer's row. It is. But this team in this form, I do believe in them. I think they can get it done. I have faith in Adelaide. I would love to see Perth in the finals. I really, really would. It was a good story. I mean, this group of really young players, a lot of uh, MPL Victoria players, which, uh, you know, as a commentator of that competition, I do like to see. Yes. Uh, But uh, a coach who's clearly got everybody on side and has has had a long-term vision. He's had his contract extended by another year. Um, I I think that's a great show of faith from the club um, based on, you know, what they ended up with last season and the disappointment. They're working towards something. Exactly. Um, but they're still underdogs in this race. Uh, the, I think I, I think Adelaide are the, the I think Adelaide are the most reliable like reliable option in terms of them making the the top four. For them to have Vitry and Sydney, it's I'm scared. But I think that their final game with Sydney, if. Victory, for instance, not victory. If City look like they're going to get that Premier's play and they hold on, I think Sydney maybe don't play their strongest team because they know they're already in finals and mm. the finishing first is not really – it's not viable and like for them. They might rest a few players in Adelaide. Not that I'm saying that Adelaide couldn't beat a full-strength Sydney because City have shown that you can do that. Uh but it'll be, it would be difficult. I think there are just too many permutations with these last two fixes to really make solid predictions. I, I, I'll, you know, I'll make a prediction. But are you going to stick your neck out? My because, final four. Because Sydney are playing Perth. They're all playing against each other. My final four, I think, let me, who's, who's, City have got Brisbane Raw and they've got Western Sydney. Now, I think that the Western Sydney game for City, knock wood, I think they win that. That's a banker I based on form. I, yeah, I would bank that in. I think with the way Brisbane have been playing the least, these last few games, I think City look the most salt. So I think Sydney are going to finish first. I'm not Sydney. City are going to finish first. Ooh, okay. They're going to, going to think they're I going mean, to City, City do have a game in hand, They course. do have a game in hand. I think they might snatch it. Sydney have got... Uh, what, yeah, if, if City win their next two games yeah. and Sydney only... Well, they've got two games uh, left. Hang on. Uh, City have a game in hand, do City, they not? Yeah, they do have a game in hand. Oh, it's that, that Brisbane game. That it hasn't been rescheduled yet. Ah, okay. This is my, my confusion. So they're playing Brisbane twice. twice. So that. they've got potential nine points on the table. Sydney have six left and there's a two-point gap between them. Yeah. So if City win out, they've won the Premier's plate. Yes. I mean, I, I have faith in them to do that. I think that I think it goes City, Sydney. I think oh, Adelaide is. Going, such a, I'm getting lost in the permutations. Adelaide now. Have got such a tough run. Okay, I'm not for top two. I've got solid. I still believe that Adelaide and Victory. Oh, Victory. Yep, yeah. I'm going to go Victory. Make the final four, but I don't know if what order it will be like in terms of three and four. I don't know that one yet. So you think the top four stays the same? Yeah, I said that last Just, week as well. Okay. Yeah, right. I think they stay the same. No, no luck for Perth then. I like Perth Just so on the much. outside looking in. Alex Parks had really cool shoes and, you know, <laughs> I'm hoping, you know, cool shoes make it into the finals. But I don't think – I think they've just – some of these games have slipped away from them throughout the 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 season and it just – it might cost them at the end. That Adelaide victory game is so big yeah. on Saturday. It's just huge. And I, I honestly can't, can't tip it yeah. one way or well, another. Perth are playing – I think you're probably right. Yeah. I think it ends up being – City, Sydney, 
Adelaide victory. Which would be a fun final series. It would be. It's sort of all the, the biggest yeah. teams. I, and can I also tell you why I would like City to finish first, Josh? Because the grand final will be in Victoria as well if they make nah, it to the grand final. The bias is coming out now. And we get to go. It would be so much fun. I'd enjoy it. <laughs> it would be good. But, uh, you know, still a lot to play out in the A-League women's. Yeah. I think we'll leave it there for tonight. We'll have a clearer picture next week of we where things stand. Uh, but that Adelaide victory game is absolutely appointment viewing. So don't miss that one. And uh, don't miss what we've got coming up for the rest of the week on Radio Dub. No Western United show tomorrow. Yep. They've got a fixed to clash. So it's uh, it's what we have to do in this environment, Wednesday night games. If we've got a club show and they've got a game yeah. on the same night, it just doesn't happen. Uh, but we'll have the EPL show tomorrow. State of our Football Nation coming up on Friday. And then next week, all of your regular shows will return, including the Euro show with Nick Dubano. I'm looking forward to that I'm game too. on the weekend. And next week's show should be an absolute cracker when we've got a bit more information available. Maybe we'll even try and get one of the one of the Adelaide or Victory Ooh. players on next week surely to react to like one of the a, biggest games of the surely, season. You know what I would love for us to have? Maybe for the finals we can have a showdown of two players from each of the teams. Ooh. That would be fun. On air at the same time? Same time. <laughs> Ask some quick fire questions and see how it goes. We'll, we'll have to clear that with we'd the media to, managers. Yeah, I don't but, know if that would get cleared. <laughs> Baku has thrown down the gauntlet, so uh, hopefully they come to the table. Uh, We'll wrap it up here on Radio Dub. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you again next week. Pickett, she lays it off. Teresa Polaris! It's an absolute peach! Is driving! What a hit from Melina Rez! Wow! And Sam Kerr has a hat-trick. Yeah.